Hey moms, welcome to the Gather Moms podcast. My name is Kate. And I'm Rebecca. We've created this space just for you because we're both moms and we get you. Yes, we believe there truly ain't no hood like the motherhood and we need to be in this together. We also believe we can't mom well without Jesus. So you're going to hear us talk about him too. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Gather Moms and make sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. All right, mamas, let's jump in. Welcome back to the Gather Moms podcast. We are in episode 107. Hey, we took a couple weeks off. If you are listening to this live, do you know that we have so many people? I just had someone message me the other day and say, I just found your podcast and I love it, but I hate that I'm having to relive the pandemic. <laughs> Listen, I kind of want to go back because it means I can sit on my couch for like days on end. Oh my gosh. Yes, please. And have groceries delivered to my door every but day. That's so funny to me. When you start listening to a new podcast, do you start like live with where they are? Or yes. You go back. No, I start live. I do too. And then once I've, once I'm caught up, then I'll go back and listen. I'm never caught up. I don't even know how you people catch up. I never get caught up on anything. Like I actually finished a book on Audible within three days and I feel like I earned, I don't know, a $200 shopping spree or something. Cause like I never do that. So Way I'm so go. amazed. I am a huge fan of Audible these days. I just read Beth Moore's. That's book. what I did. I finished her book. It's so good. Oh my gosh, we have not talked about it. I, I didn't know. I'm so mad that I didn't do a book club for this book because oh, it would have been the best book club meeting to sit so and good. talk about her memoir. It is amazing. Moms, highly recommend all my Put not it up in life. your Easter basket. This yeah. is your gift to yourself. And the Beth Audible Moore's is a memoir. gift because it's her reading it. Oh, I just want to hug her. Yeah. Well, honestly, so for me, I wonder if you felt like this, but... Um, you know, she, gosh, was just, has been like my, like Bible teacher since I was 15. She's been teaching me the Bible. She was yes. my first Bible teacher, you know, besides like my Sunday school teachers, I feel like she spiritually raised me. So this brave work she did of peeling back the curtain so that we can know the full story, just, it just feels brave. You know? It just makes me love her so much more. Me too. I never thought her life was perfect, sure, but I never knew all the stuff she shared and God just makes me feel like God is so kind. Yeah. He takes such good care of his people, even those that have had to suffer such great tragedies. Yeah. And so honestly, it was such an encouragement to me to go, I know God loves Beth Moore. Mm. <laughs> I think God loves me just as much too. Yeah. And he's going to take care of me just like he took care of her. Well, and I don't know about you, but I finished it and I just wanted to go study my Bible. No, I Come wanted to on. send her a message on Instagram and say, let's go to coffee. Well, but that too. But she, I cannot spend time with her in whatever virtual respect or listening to her without. It just invigorates me to be in the word. I just want to go see her in person now. Like, where is she teaching next? I want to go sit in the front row with a poster <laughs> that says, I read your book and I loved it. Because I just want to like be close to her. I know. Isn't that funny? It was so good. Yeah. So highly recommend. Um so, but we took a couple weeks off from the podcast. If you are listening live, we put out some of our um, mom talks that are also available on our Patreon. And speaking of Patreon, we are kicking off. So if you are listening to this on Monday, the You're Monday. You're a day late and a dollar short. Rude. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. True. It's okay. <laughs> so if this is the Monday of Holy Week, which would be like April 3rd, 
you are listening to this then, then it is not too late. You are fine. Just go down. You don't have a lot to catch up on, though. So, see, I could totally do that. I'd be like, yeah, I could just catch up for one day. Yes, you've only missed yes. one day. Yes. Go download the Patreon app. And, y'all, I have to tell you, I mean, it. it is really cool to walk through this week with Jesus and, you know, to read the scriptures talking about, okay, what did he do on the Sunday before Easter? What did he do on the Monday? And why does it matter? And he kind of feels like Beth Moore. I'm like, where are you speaking next, Jesus? I want to go sit in the front row with a poster that says, I read your book and I loved it. Oh my gosh. Okay. We have to bring up something from the last episode that we brought up about you don't have to. Yes. I have gotten some commentary because I talked about that you didn't have a. <laughs> yes, I've heard this too. You did not have to have a certain type of sneaker. And Only she didn't talk about a sneaker. I certainly meant to say Golden Goose. And I definitely said Grey Goose, which is a vodka. Well, and it took me a minute, okay, because I had somebody talk to me about it too. And I was like, wait a second, what is Grey Goose? <laughs> it took me just a minute, but I caught up. I'm with it now. So I, didn't catch I straight it in the up moment. said Grey Goose sneakers and just kept on flying. <laughs> and of course, Rebecca did not have any clue, have clue. what that was. Oh god. So here we are. But why are people naming things goose? I don't know. It's just not a great visual for me. Well, and the whole sneakers. I mean Golden they... Chick. Oh wait, that's a chicken place. Sounds better than goose. Well, but what's funny about those is they're so expensive and they look like they've been worn, beaten up, you know. Yes. So Don't okay. do it, ladies. Don't do it. <laughs> or do it if you want, but you don't have to was no. the point. <laughs> no, don't do it. Give that money to Gather, and I'll buy you a pair of sneakers from Walmart, and nobody will ever know the difference. It's going to be just fine. Just fine. So today, we wanted to hop back in and talk with you about Easter, because it is coming up right around the corner here. Um, If you have not already, go check out our Gather Moms social, because Rebecca's been sharing her favorite Easter basket fillers. Girl, I'm ready. I got it all bought, ready. It's not packaged yet, but... I'm so proud it's of you. It's all in hiding in my bedroom where the kids can't find it. Okay, I got to get moving. And on. my son's on Instagram now, so I kind of wanted to, I don't think he's following Gather Moms, but I was like, don't watch the stories. Surely not. Because I don't want Surely to not. see what you're getting for Easter. Okay, but I want us to talk about Easter. So our cute little children's minister at our church the other day, she came around saying hi to all of us, and she had on this big Easter bunny costume. In the church. And apparently she's gotten flack before for wearing an Easter bunny costume. In the church. (laughs) And so I wanted us to talk about, you know, um, as Christians, like, how do we feel about the Easter bunny and eggs? What do we do with them? You know, if, if we celebrate the Easter bunny and hunt for eggs, does that take away from Jesus? So I want us to have a discussion about it. Okay, well, can I say the thing that's most obviously on everybody's mind? Sure. Bunnies don't have eggs. Listen, it not that the truth? Like, why isn't it a duck or a chicken that's the mascot? The goose. This is where the goose fits. <laughs> the Easter, Easter goose. Easter goose, <laughs> y'all. Where, we we you know solved that, the world's problems right now. You know that goose is wearing them sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> he can't afford eggs because he spent it all on his shoes. <laughs> Bougie Easter goose. Um, but in preparation for this, I went back and listened to the Halloween episode where I like broke down, like, where does Halloween come from? It's my favorite. That's one of my favorite episodes. Okay. But let me tell you something. I listened to it and I was so beat down by myself. I gave way too many facts. 
Well, that's who you are, though. You're a fact giver. I know, but you love it. It can be irritating where you want to be like, Kate, edit, edit, <laughs> edit it down. So this time it is edited down. We are not walking through the minimal whole, facts. We are not walking, walking through the history of mankind and the origin of the gourds. Well, and the Halloween one was dark, wasn't it? Because we talked about like ghosts and souls and yeah. Yeah. Is Easter dark? No, but okay. <laughs> About to blow your mind. I'm ready. But here's the other thing. This is what I've noticed about myself. I really want to work on this. I say right, right? To way too much. I know this. It's irritating. I'm not gonna I wasn't gonna tell you. So I'm gonna work you you have to tell me. No, it's who what makes you endearing to no, me. No, it's too it's too much. It can be it's endearing when you say it ten times. It's annoying when I say did it you twenty count? times an episode. Did you count it? I didn't count, but here's what I'm putting out there. We're gonna do a giveaway this week. And you that are listening, I want you to count how many times I say right. And we're gonna give a Starbucks gift card. With a dollar for each time I say right. Okay, because I've listened to myself and I feel like I say like too much. You say okay. Do I say okay? Yeah, or okay, so, okay, so. But we both like do have these like mm, verbal pauses. And we've got, if we're going to be professional, we've got to do better. People don't want us to be professional. Okay, like well, we okay, I just don't want to be annoying. <laughs> right? think you're annoying that's the first one or I don't know I don't know if we count all the rights I've already said okay yes they have to count them we have to go back and see how many yes all right so there you go that's your challenge does all right count no you just said all right oh I did but that's like right with like a prefix so when I'm using right in this I'm saying like like you understand like Mm, okay all right here we go so Here's what I want to talk about first is how did the bunnies and the eggs get involved with Easter? Get together. How'd they get together? According to Time. Time what? Time Magazine? Time.com. Oh, okay. The concept of the Easter bunny stems from pagan rituals. Uh, Duh. Around the vernal (laughs) equinox, which is the first day of spring. The pagan goddess of fertility. Okay, you say this word, yoster. But it's spelled E-O-S-T-R-E. That, that looks like Easter. Mm. But you technically would say it Yoster, but it looks like Easter. So you're saying a pagan listen god's to, name? Sister, listen. So this, this Yoster, does that, doesn't that feel like, like an Amish name? No, it sounds like a teenage lingo word, like <laughs> sus. I feel like I'm going to use it in a sentence at dinner and show my kids who's boss. Okay, so this Yoster pagan goddess symbolized um, fertility, and the her mascots were a hare, a bunny, and eggs. I know. What? Well, we know about rabbits and fertility. You know about rabbits? Yes, but I don't understand where the egg comes from. Eggs, birth, life, eggs. Yeah, but then you should have picked a different animal. It doesn't make logical sense to me. I understand, but I'm just saying they both, it's like okay. birth, yes, life. Yes. So it's believed that when missionaries spread Christianity throughout Europe, they combined the pagan spring rituals with Easter and resurrection celebrations to make the transition from paganism to Christianity easier for new converts. So they kind of, they were the ones who kind of said, Okay, we're going to redeem this. You got these eggs and these bunnies? We've got this we Jesus. We got Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> no, gonna, with donkeys. We're going to do a mashup. Jesus and the donkey. 
In terms of the Easter Bunny's specific ties to the Christian holiday, German writings from the 1600s were reportedly among the first to mention an Easter hare. They're saying hare here. They mean a rabbit. In case that H-A-R-E. The Easter hare called Osterhaus. Wait, is that spelled the same way? E-O? O-S-C-H-T-E-R, but similar, H-A-W-S in German, was said to have left colorful eggs for good children around Easter. Children would sometimes prepare nests for the eggs and leave carrots for the hare. German immigrants are believed to have brought the Easter bunny tradition to the United States around the 1700s. How are you feeling about all of this? I'm laughing because it feels like Christmas when you put oatmeal on your lawn for the reindeer (laughs) and... The cookie and milk for Santa. Like, we just feel the need to feed things when they come to our house. But the Germans are responsible for all that, too. The cookies and the, you know, St. Nicholas. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Oh, interesting. America, we got nothing. Okay, now, I, I need you to think about something. We call this holiday Easter. I want you to think about that. But here's the thing. The naming of the celebration as Easter goes back to the name of the pre-Christian goddess in England, Yoster. So the only reference to this goddess comes from the writings of the venerable... This is where I start getting in the weeds. Um, yeah, it's coming. Okay, this is the last factoid. Okay. Okay, the venerable Bede, a British monk who lived in the late 7th and early 8th century. As religious studies scholar Bruce Forbes summarized... This is it. This is the Wait, did last. you say Bruce Forbes? I did. Like from Forbes magazine? I don't think so. Bede wrote that the month in which English Christians were celebrating the resurrection of Jesus had been called mm, Yostermonoth in English, in Old English, referring to a goddess named Yoster. And even though Christians had begun affirming the Christian meaning of the celebration, they continued to use the name of the goddess to designate the season. Listen to me, listen to me. I want you to hear yeah, me. Yeah, break this down for me. I'm confused. The word Easter, like as Christians, we should probably call this holiday resurrection. Yes. But we do not. We call it Easter, and Easter literally refers to this pagan goddess whose name was Easter. So. So I just think that's crazy. We can't say that word anymore. But isn't that crazy? But, I mean, Christmas is the same, dude, but Christmas is Christmas. But do you see what I'm saying? Yes, no, I completely, but I don't know. It's not not surprising to me because I don't feel like it. Easter was supposed to be a Christian holiday anyway with bug bunnies and eggs. I get it. But I'm just saying, have you ever thought about that? That we're literally calling the holiday not something Jesus. But we, in well, we my celebrate mind, celebrate Jesus. I think of Easter as Jesus resurrection. Jesus resurrection, yes. But isn't that a little crazy? Okay, but so are we going to change the name? I mean, no. I think we do what the German, German missionaries did, where we say, y'all doing this? Okay. Well, at this time, we actually know when Jesus... Let's call it Holy Easter. <laughs> Does that... Is that a covering for it? I think I think we know when Jesus would have actually died because we know it was Passover. Yes. And we know that that was like the first week in what is our April. Yes. You know? yes. It was their month of like Nisan, I think. So we know when Jesus would have actually died. Right. It happens to coincide with this vernal equinox right. that they were already celebrating. And so... These missionaries were saying, okay, well, we're, we're going to marry these two because we want to bring you over into what we're doing. We have still been able to maintain the celebration of the death and resurrection of Christ. And I think that was our whole point with Halloween, too, is like 
Listen, just because it's outside of, you know, our religious celebration doesn't mean we can't incorporate these ideas and then redeem them for the glory of God to point to Jesus. Agreed. I think holidays actually give us the opportunity to do that. And it's so interesting. Holidays were actually God's idea. Yes. (laughs) He came up with them. Um, It tells us in Leviticus 23, that's when the people are receiving the law. When we always think about people receiving the laws with Moses, we we think of the Ten Commandments on the tablets, right? And then we think of all these laws about the the animal sacrifices and the things they couldn't do and the things they couldn't do. But what we forget is that in these laws, very specifically in Leviticus 23, when, when they get the law contained within them are seven mandated holidays and the mandate to Sabbath once a week. And these are holidays and each one of these has a purpose and they were each about remembering something about God. And that's the thing about holidays. They're an opportunity to stop and remember something. For example, in Exodus 12, 24, when they celebrate Passover, God says this, he tells them, obey these instructions as a lasting ordinance for you and your descendants. When you enter the land that the Lord will give you as he promised, observe this ceremony. Okay, now listen to this. And when your children ask you, what does the ceremony mean to you? Then tell them, it is the Passover sacrifice to the Lord who passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt and spared our homes when he struck down the Egyptians. Don't you think that's interesting that he tells them to do it, but what's the reason why they're supposed to do it? So that they remember. That's right. right. So that they tell their children. Yes. And he does it again in Joshua 4, 5 through 7, after they pass through the sea. He says, each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, What do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. That there are these things that we intentionally do as parents. There are moments on the calendar. There are memorial stones in our lives that are opportunities for us to remind our children about our God. Well, and that in those moments when maybe it's like Easter where it's, a secular pagan holiday, we're actually reminding them about a scriptural truth, yeah. something spiritual. Yeah. So just what you're saying, we're redeeming it. We're taking it back for our beliefs and our principles. Yeah, that's and right. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. No, and I just think it's neat to think about that, that God is the originator of the holiday. <laughs> you know, it was his good idea. And that really, that's why there's this rhythm of Sabbath to remember that he is God and we are not. Right, He wants us remembering and having these rhythms in our lives. And he has these holidays he set up for them. And I have this one more scripture I want to share with you. This is from Deuteronomy 6. And, you know, this is like a famous parenting scripture. And it's called um, in Jewish tradition, the Great Shema. And I'm, I'm going to read it to you. And then I want you to pay attention to what it says here at the end. So he says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. We've probably all heard that, right? Then he says, You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. 
pause there. I want to say like Hobby Lobby was like, we got it. Check <laughs> mark. Yes, girl. <laughs> we read that scripture. We have every sign you will I ever if need. That's Hobby Lobby's theme verse. Do they have a theme verse for their store? It's got to be this one. It has to be. It has to be. Okay, but this this is the killer part. This is what I love. This is verse 10, and it says, And when the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give you with great and good cities that you did not build, and houses full of all good things that you did not fill, and cisterns that you did not dig, and vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant. And when you eat and are full, take care, lest you forget the Lord, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. It is the Lord your God you shall fear. So I love that, that in, you know, in this abundance, in the blessing that it, he says very specifically here, make sure that you don't forget. Right. And part of having these, this whole thing where he talked about us talking with our children about it, it being part of our rhythm, it being on our calendar, us having these memorials is so that we don't forget because my goodness, we are prone to forget. You know, I was just teaching um, in my little um, Wednesday night group with my sixth grade girls. We're in a series right now at church um, with the youth and it's called Before I Go. And it's really great because it kind of coincides with like what we're doing with um, our Holy Week devotional on Patreon. But it's it's what are Jesus' final teachings. And so one of his final teachings is he sits down with the disciples and he has the Last Supper and he teaches them how to take communion, right? Yes. And he says, this is my body, you know, and this is my blood. And he says, do this in remembrance. Yeah. Do this in remembrance of me. And what I talked to the girls about is I was like, can you imagine if you're the disciples, are you ever going to forget Jesus? No, right? Because you saw him get demons out of people. You saw him raise people from the dead. Like, you know, you would probably think I would never forget this bro. Right. But then why would Jesus tell them do this in remembrance of me? Because we're prone to forget. We are. We are. You know, we just forget. It's just this side of heaven. We have this gospel amnesia where we wake up every day and forget how much we need God, mm-hmm. how much he's done for us, how amazing he is, right? We wake up and there was one, did you hear it, right? Um, we wake <laughs> up and we think about how great we are, how much we've done, how much we need to get done. And God knows that about us. And so he has put into our calendar, he's put into his commands that it would be part of our rhythm to remember him. Well, it's just like, being a mom and like your first kids, you're like, I'm never going to forget their mm. first word. Girl, first that's they good. Took a step. The first, I have no idea Yeah, what any of my children did or when they did it. Yeah. But I told myself in that moment, I will never forget this. And mm. I have. <laughs> if they didn't have a birthday, I might forget them. Like, oh, yeah. We don't. We don't remember naturally. But you know what does help me remember? Pictures. Yes. Or if I have it like written down in a journal that that, that it happened. I got to have a journal. But yes. I have to have those memorial stones. Yes. I have to have those little places where I can look back and remember. Yes. And that's so interesting. That's a great point because that's exactly what I think that the Lord is saying to us. And so I think that we can look at Easter and be like, oh my gosh, we should not be celebrating this. This is this pagan. No, come on. You know, that's not what we're doing. I think that um, we have to, in everything, in every, I mean, you guys, everything we interact with every day, we could look at and go, 
oh, this, the origins of this are horrible. Like, frankly, every time you drive through Starbucks, you know, if you out on Easter. <gasps> Don't you dare say it. <laughs> if you Don't out you on dare. Easter, you out on Starbucks, you out on Target. Yes, you, you are. You know what I mean? Yes, you are. So instead, what if we say, okay, this is the world that we live in. We live in it. We're not of it. We're in it. So how do we be in it? And see what our culture is doing and redeem it for the glory of God. And let those things point to Jesus. You guys, our God is the creator of the bunny. He is the creator of the egg. He is the creator of spring. He puts seasons into place. It was all by his good design. And so these things all point to him. Well, and for us as moms, it's a good reminder because we sometimes have to be creative and mm. how we take things back for God, how yeah. we redeem them. Yeah. So when you get ready to celebrate Easter with your family, yeah, have all the fun stuff, you know, the bunnies, the eggs, but then don't miss a moment to add Jesus into it as well. Yeah. And to sit down with your kids and talk about Holy Week and to talk about the cross and to talk about what sacrifice Jesus made for us. And even if they're little, um, so I went to this thing at mom study a couple weeks ago. It's a Bible study we do at our church for our mamas, and they actually brought in a Messianic Jew to lead us through a Passover meal through Amazing. the Seder. Amazing. And what's so interesting is that he was raised, he's a Jew, but he was raised without Christ. His family was not religious, but they celebrated the Passover every year because it was a holiday for their Jewish nation. Okay. But they just didn't include Jesus in it. Okay. It was just ritual. Uh-huh. And now that he believes in Jesus, the whole ritual has taken on new meaning for him because okay. now he sees Jesus throughout that Passover meal. Wow. And one of the ladies in the audience asked, she said, well, at what age do you start inviting your kids to join you for the Passover meal? And he said, there is no age. Mm. From the time they're born, That's they right. join us. Because I think we, we assume that our kids sometimes are too young for things. Yeah. And he said, they start from a young age, just that Deuteronomy scripture you read, yeah. where you just start inviting them into what you believe uh -huh. and as they grow they'll start to grasp more and more of the story and yeah. how it fits together yeah but we don't have to exclude them from those spiritual things just because they're little or even just because they're old because I know some mamas we've got teenagers now so you may not do the egg hunts and stuff and you're like well what is this holiday anymore because we can't do this fun stuff no now is the time when you can actually dig deep with them and yeah. teach them some of these spiritual truths that they could not grasp earlier so I think as moms, it's just a challenge for us to be creative. Mm -hmm. How can we make sure that Jesus is the main point of this celebration? Yeah. And then the fun stuff is just extra good stuff. I am with you. So what I wanted to do is spend a little time talking about some resources we like, things you and I have done in our home that help us tell the Easter story of, you know, what it looks like um, to take these things and redeem them for the glory of God. So... We'll put these things in our show notes. We've written blog posts about these and have all the links. But one of the things my family loves is the Easter story egg. So it's so cute. It's these nesting doll type eggs. And it starts with the one big egg. And each day you open it up. And as you open it, then there's another egg and another egg. And these eggs tell the story about Jesus until you finally get to the last one that the, the egg looks like a stone. And they're beautiful. They have these paintings on them and, and stuff. The last one looks like a stone, and then when you open it, it's empty. You know, so we like these Easter story eggs. Those are fun. I've never heard of those. And then, Shirley, you've done resurrection eggs with your kids? Uh, why does the church not make them with my child every year so <laughs> I don't have to find the ones that I was supposed to keep from last year? But I yeah. can just have a new set. Yeah. Yes. 
at some point we actually bought a set like from a Christian bookstore, you know, because our kids would make them in preschool, like make the little set. But then we we have like a legit set that we bought that's like you know how sometimes on the weekends like if they're in a preschool class during the during the week they would make the legit resurrection eggs uh-huh. but then if they go to Sunday school on the weekends sometimes they would just make six of the twelve <laughs> do you remember that <laughs> and they would send you home with like half the resurrection eggs uh-huh. and you'd be like wait a second I feel like I'm missing part of the story yeah but bless their hearts they're like we can't afford twelve eggs for every child that comes to Sunday school no, or have the time to like put all that together to cut a sponge up into multiple tiny pieces yeah. to shove in that egg yeah yeah but if you've never done resurrection eggs they're awesome and we have that link too but it's just you basically take a carton of twelve eggs and you number them one through twelve and each of those there's a little something that goes inside it that tells part of the story of um, Holy Week and it starts with the triumphal entry of Jesus going into Jerusalem and ends with the resurrection it's a neat way to tell the story so in our ladies class last week one of my moms we've got it's a class of for moms of teenagers and she said that she does every year these little activities with her teenagers and i'll post the link too because it's trip a pinterest page but one of the nights she gives each of her kids 30 pieces of silver like 30 coins okay and they talk about that that's what judas got for betraying jesus and she asked some hard questions like what would you betray for 30 pieces of silver like wow. what would it have taken for you to have done that yeah. so i do think some of these things that we did with our kids as youngins uh-huh. we can bring into their teenage years and yeah. still use the same story yeah. but just pull out different go parts go deeper yeah um, we love the book of Benjamin's Box. Didn't you used to read that with your children? It's a great book. I'll, What's it I'll called? Post it. It's called Benjamin's Box. Oh yeah, definitely did not read. Okay, that. I there's have no a idea what you're talking about. Great book called The Three Trees. <laughs> oh um, yeah, yeah. There's a great book called The Garden, The Curtain, The Cross. I'll put all those links in. Um, but these are all just little ways to just remember, right? Well, um, and I ahead. would say too for that Passover meal that I went to this week, it's a lot of work. But it's interesting to me to think about what if that was a new tradition for our family Mm. where we not just communion but took different parts of that meal and used it as a way to remember Jesus. And it became a tradition for our family, something we looked forward to, you know, instead of ham and uh, all gratin potatoes. (laughs) It was parsley and horseradish. But, right, it would be neat to, to bring communion into your Easter celebration. Um, We love to egg people egg other people's houses I'll post what that I'll post the pdf to that but basically you you know just get 12 little plastic eggs or I think we should resurrection egg people what what if we resurrection egged them and the eggs didn't have candy in them but they had all the little resurrection pieces those kids would revolt (laughs) can you even imagine if they open it up we're taking back easter for jesus come on But so I do this with my neighbors and even neighbors, you know, that don't know Jesus because it creates an opportunity for us to have a conversation about Easter. But you basically you get um, you can do six eggs, you can do 12 eggs, but you you take 12 eggs and you put little pieces of candy in these plastic eggs and one is empty and then your kids go hide them in their yard and then you can like ring the doorbell and run away or you know something like that or you go hide and then you leave this little piece of paper and it has this cute little poem about you know we've left you these 12 eggs try and find them all don't be sad when you find the one that's empty we're celebrating Jesus tomb it's cute the little poem that goes with it but you know it's just a great a great opportunity one year what I did is I I had our whole street do it and so I had a sign and I put it on a stick and then I had every 
um, family members' names on the back. So after you got egged, then you picked the next family and you went and egged them, and everybody crossed their names off as they got egged around the well, street. Well, then you know who egged you. Oh, that's okay. No, it's supposed to be a secret. Okay, Rebecca. All right, and then the last thing that I think is super cute is resurrection rolls. Um, and so if you've never done these before, the kids love them. But you basically, it's, it's kind of weird too, though. Because you're baking Jesus. It's all weird. You're putting a sponge in a plastic egg and calling it a resurrection egg. It's all like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's all a little odd. Okay, but the resurrection rolls, you take a crescent roll, you take one of the pieces, you take a marshmallow. A giant marshmallow. Yeah, a big jumbo. boy. Yeah. And you tell them that this is Jesus' body. <laughs> And then you dip Jesus it. Jesus is a marshmallow. <laughs> you dip it in, in melted butter and you say he this He got is, dipped in spices. <laughs> this is him in oil. Then you put him in cinnamon sugar and you say this is him in the spices. And then you roll him up in the crescent roll because that's him in the burial cloths. And then you put him in the oven because that's the tomb. And you turn it on so you can bake him because he went. It, mm, he got baked. <laughs> Then you pull it out, and when you open up the crescent roll, Jesus isn't there anymore. He's a, he's arisen because the marshmallows melt, thankfully. And okay, but pro tip, pro tip. This is very important if you're listening. Use a cupcake pan to do this, and put these. Otherwise, Jesus melts. Yes, and his little body oozes out all onto your oven. And there's no way to explain that. No, it it's tough. The story. It's tough, but they're so delicious, and the kids love them. And it's just a you know another way. So you know, I think it's I think it's fun for us to be able to talk about things for littles and things for biggers. You know, I'm looking forward to using our Holy Week devotional this week to that be the the reading. You know, that I text. I'm going to text my bigger kids and say, yes. this is what I want you to read today. Yes, and then have a conversation with them about it. You know, you're such so. a good mom. Good job, You're friend. such a good mom. I know you're going to do it too. I'm not texting my kids. You'll have conversations. We'll try and have conversations. Listen, at our church, we say something like, shoot for seven, hit five. Yeah. You win if you get three. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that might be us with the Holy Week. Honestly, I think We're that's gonna fine. We're going to shoot for seven. Yeah. We hit five. We yeah. win if we do three. I don't know. I said it wrong, but... Moms, it's going to get crazy. As much as you look at the week before Easter and go, this is going to be amazing. It's going to get crazy. So do not beat yourself up. Certainly not. Let the Lord show you little pockets of time where you can have a spiritual conversation with your kids. Love it. And then just have fun the rest of the time. I love it. Because the spirit is present. Yes. And he's going to provide that opportunity for you. Yes. So let's go celebrate Easter that is not named after Jesus. It's called Holy Easter. We changed it. Amazing. Holy Easter. Amazing. And um, if you see how many times I said, I feel like I did better with right this time. I'm going to go with less than 10. Really? Yeah. Okay. I think you should be able to count every time I said it, even if I was just referring to what we were going to be listening for. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because otherwise I think it's going to be like a $2 gift card. (laughs) Were you giving them a dollar for every time you said it? Yeah. (gasps) Who's paying for that? saying the word more for you if I knew you were getting a dollar for every time. I would have helped you out. Some mama is going to need a pick-me-up this week as she is scrambling. From pagan Starbucks <laughs> to celebrate Holy Easter. Just tell them about Jesus when you go through that drive-thru. Just say, Jesus loves you. you. <laughs> All right, moms, we love you. We will see you next time, and happy Holy Easter. 
Today's episode is brought to you by Dr. T Chiropractic and Acupuncture. Y'all, if you are local to the Dallas area, I highly recommend going to see Dr. T. I started seeing him several years ago to help with my allergies, and acupuncture has been a game changer for me. T Chiropractic and Acupuncture is located in Rockwall, Texas, and they treat all kinds of injuries, neck and back pain, headache, sciatica, shoulder and knee pain, which are often caused by pinched nerves, disc and muscle injuries. Dr. Luke Barlow has also recently joined the team, and together they believe they are called by God to serve the community as his tool for healing. So go check out their website today, chirodrt.com, and go feel better, y'all. Today's episode is sponsored by Rockwall Ford. Come shop the rock, y'all, at Rockwall Ford. Whether you're looking to purchase a vehicle or have your vehicle serviced, Rockwall Ford is the one to call. With a wide range of services, Rockwall Ford is sure to meet your needs. Call them today at 972-290-2200 to learn more about their Acceleride purchasing, mobile service, and pickup delivery programs. Listen, you need a truck? Get it at Rockwall Ford. 